we have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you. The ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bump to Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will, or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59 or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today. Unfortunately, in life, things happen that we have no control over which is why My Bump to Baby works with one financial advisor and one family law solicitor in each town throughout the UK. If you have not protected your family in case the worst should happen, please, please think about it. So many families are left homeless when a loved one passes away and the spouse left behind cannot afford the mortgage or the bills. We insure our mobile phone, We insure our household appliances. We insure our pets. Why don't we insure ourselves? Please, please, today, go to www.mybumptobaby.com forward slash family protection legal and find your nearest financial advisor or family protection specialist. It is so important that you are covered should the worst happen. Are you looking for groups and classes for your little one? Perhaps you're looking for pregnancy classes for yourself. My Bump to Baby is the UK's leading pregnancy to preschool directory. To find your nearest pregnancy to preschool group, class, lesson or service, head over to www.mybumptobaby.com. You can also read our reviews on the latest products, days out and services. Hello everybody and welcome to 50 Shades of Motherhood and the My Bump to Baby Expert podcast. Today, we are joining both podcasts together to bring you a very special episode. Today, we are interviewing Sunday Times bestselling author, Gemma Bray. Gemma has a very interesting story as to how she began her amazing business, Gemma suffered with anxiety after the birth of her first child 
and I don't want to give too much away. So listen to this episode, relate, be inspired, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. Today, I am joined by Sunday Times bestselling author Gemma Bray and also the creator of the amazing Tom, which I've probably all to- told you all about already. But hello, Gemma, how are you? I'm, I'm really well. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be, be with you. Oh, I'm really excited to have you here. Really looking forward to having a chat with you about about how you are where you are now because you've you've got an amazing community of parents and uh, not just parents, people that follow your mm. methods. And you've done all this um, after becoming um, a mum, and it was all through you know your anxiety and and struggles like that. Mm. So, were you planning on your first child, or was it? Yeah, we were. I mean, so. I was quite, I, I was quite young. I mean, I wasn't, I mean, I was, when I had Thomas, I was 23, 24. And I felt like that for me was the right time to have my first baby. I'd like all like growing up, like in the late, like teenage years, I was like, I can't wait to be a mom. I can't wait to be a mom. And so like, I got married, I got married really young, actually, I got married at 20, 21 years old. Like, that marriage didn't oh. last. Oh, no. <laughs> I got married far too young. But yeah, oh. so I, I had Thomas when um, I was in my early 20s. And I remember going to like the NCT group and like most of the mums were in their mid 30s. Um, so I was, I felt really, really young. But we had, yeah, we had planned him. I didn't have any problems falling pregnant. I mean, that's something that I have been blessed with. Like all, all three of my um, pregnancies have been healthy. All, all th- I got pregnant really quickly, all three times. Um, so yeah, he, he was he was planned, I think. But I think because I'd got pregnant so easily and because I'd had a healthy pregnancy, I mean, I did have awful morning sickness, but it wasn't bad enough to be hospitalized or anything like that. But I remember thinking, what the hell is this like because like morning sickness I think is one of those things where no one really tells you how bad it is and like in the films and like on the telly you'll see like some really this woman she's a little bit flushed and she's like her cheeks are quite rosy and she just comes out of the you know out of the loo just having dab you know dabbing her face because she's just been a bit sick it's (laughs) always the day after they've had sex as well it's like the next day she's already getting sick in that you know that's it so that sort of floored me um but other than that really really healthy pregnancies um and because I kind of sailed through them I think it was more of a shock when I had Thomas and I'm I think I think it's perfectly summed up by um, the moment that I looked in the mirror after I had Thomas and my tummy still looked pregnant and I noticed stretch marks that I hadn't been able to see because they were underneath the bump yeah. and like now <laughs> oh my god what's happened to me and I'm and this like the day after I'd given birth to him I'd like hobbling to the toilet because I had stitches and I was just like okay this is different and it really it really hit me and it 
I everything was just out of control. I um, I like this will come as a this will not come as a shock to anyone who follows me on social media. I like to know what I'm doing. I like control. So having a newborn baby, that, that control goes completely <laughs> out of the window, doesn't it? It definitely does. Yes. And um, I remember when he was a few weeks old, just thinking like there has there has to be there has to be some sort of pattern here. I mean. Mm-hmm. I refuse to believe there isn't. I've just not noticed it. I'm just so sleep deprived. I've not noticed it. So I got, um, I got, a, I had an Excel spreadsheet and I color coded it. And I was like, right, sleeping. Okay. Eating awake periods. And I was like, and I look at this after a week and I was convinced that it would, I'd see some sort of correlation in the colors and it just looked like a patchwork quilt. <laughs> there was just colors everywhere. That's amazing um, that you got so the spreadsheet. I, I love that idea. <laughs> oh, were you, Jennifer, were you really organized before Thomas then? Were you like always super organized or? No. Well, what happened was I, my mum thinks it's hilarious that I do what I do when I've written books about what I've written about. Cause she like, she will tell anyone who listens how I was as a teenager. Like she used to find like week old packed lunches underneath my bed. Like I always had holes in my tights. My hair was always just slight, you know, never quite got to how I wanted it to be style wise. No. So the short answer to that is no. I, and it was only an, wow. after I had kids that I realized that things run an awful lot smoother when you kind of have a plan but what happened at the beginning was when I had when I first became a mom I went too much the other way Mm. so I realized that my life was out of control because a newborn had just been put into it and I had no control over when he slept etc and I tried I really tried to double down on that and I thought the only thing that I could control would be how the house looked and um I couldn't control my postnatal body. It didn't look the same, but I could control my house. Um, And if everyone saw that I had a gleaming immaculate house, this is how I rationalised it in my head, everybody would then assume that I was completely coping with it and just bossing being a new mom when the reality was it was just a massive smokescreen, almost like a defence mechanism to stop anyone coming in too close and checking if I was actually okay do you know it's so funny that when you went back and said I am the well before I was the messiest person ever and I um, have had bad anxiety since losing what during pregnancy my little twins during pregnancy and since then my mental health has been like panic attacks etc but the way I've coped is cleaning and before I found out about you actually I was literally cleaning all the time because it was the only thing that kind of kept my mind active I Mm. I couldn't just sit and think because Mm. then the intrusive thoughts come in oh you're not a good mum you're not this Mm. you're not that and so that's what I did and um yeah we'll we'll go on to that shortly but no that that does make sense I think I think it's quite I think it's really common actually in it and it is I think a lot of people we all have different ways of, of of coping and almost hiding from dealing with the root problem mm. um, and just sort of distracting ourselves whether that's over cleaning or over exercising or you know whatever, whatever it's almost like I always try and think of it as like a getaway car really just to distract you from the actual pro- the actual problem and it's really you know it, it, it's human nature because who wants to sit with those uncomfortable feelings because it's not nice no 
No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. So, yeah, that really does make sense. So it's like having something that's yours and that you can control. And, and you know, and it, it, it almost is like that shiny thing where people just see it and think, oh, look at Gemma. She's got it together. Mm. You know, a house mm. is pristine. So were you cleaning all the time then originally? Yeah. So it got to the point. So before I had kids, I would just do like a big clean like once a while because you know when you've got two adults that go to work all the time it's not really a lot to clean is there really um but then I was what when Tom was really little um I was just I'd get up I'd get dressed and I would just start cleaning and I fixated on certain things so for me it was always the hoovering because we had a dog um so it was hoovering it was the kitchen worktops and it was just all certain and little shiny taps um, I was obsessed with cushions. <laughs> I look back now and I'm like, why did I fix it? I was always in, like, either. Um, I was always looking for cushions. I was always trying to find the perfect cushion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just weird. Anyway, and, then, and it, it got to the point where I was, I stopped going to see my friends because I was like, no, I've got to do the cleaning. And I know that if I go out, I'll feel guilty that I've left the dishes or something like that. Um, and it got to the point where I was like cutting bread over the kitchen sink to not make any crumbs on the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually the turning point actually for me was, I mean, my fa- my fa- friends and family would laugh and go, oh, God, you're obsessed. And I'd be like, <laughs> you know, it's just like when someone says, oh, you know, you you look a bit thin or something like that. If you're on a diet, part of you, well, part of you might think, oh, great. You know, it's yeah. me. you know, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's not it's almost like a badge of honor kind of thing. It's yeah. just, your brain works like that. Um, but I remember that the turning point was when the, um, the health visitor came and I'd read on an internet forum. No. <laughs> that um, health visitors always come and check you loo. And they always ask to use the toilet because they can judge. It's great. We're looking back now. I'm just like, what? Um, They they judge your house and your ability based on how clean your loo is. I now know that that is so untrue because so many health visitors have said, can we just please debunk this myth oh my um goodness. so I was I fixated on this I, I I said right okay I've got to clean the loo and I was on my hands and knees and um scrubbing the toilet floor before she came and she never used the loo she never has <laughs> to use the loo and I'm going just sometimes before you go another water another water she was actually she was actually really she was so she was obviously really good at her job and she'd asked me you know when they just charge you and they ask you to fill out those four mm-hmm. at that point how yeah. often how many times did you cry then the urge you often feel and I'm like fine 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 yeah there you go like that and she was just like mm, this is true like that and and um yeah. Did you find that you were getting, frust- I mean, this is where I was. I was getting frustrated with people in the house making mess. And I've got a little boy and he does make a mess. But sometimes it would really get to me. I'd be like, I've just tidied that. I've just tidied that. And it's a yeah. bit, you know, a bit snappy. It, it, yes, absolutely. 100% that. And it was it was getting in the way of living life basically and yeah. um, so I was stopping seeing my friends because I was prioritizing the housework and it was just it was just all wrong and it was that was the real turning point when she said when she sort of 
realized that I wasn't as fine as I was portraying to everybody else. And she just said, look, you know, and this will always stick with me. And I often, you know, quote her. She said, as long as you and your baby are happy and healthy and cared for, everything else is just sprinkles on your cupcake. I was just like, oh. Oh, so it's okay, you know, if I walk around Tesco's and I've got baby sick down my back. That's fine. That's normal, actually. That's completely normal. And it's completely normal to still be in your dressing gown um, at 11 a.m. with a newborn because you've been up all night. And not only is that normal, it's probably also encouraged because mm-hmm. it means that you're giving yourself a, a bit of a break. And, and that, that was really the turning point. And at that point, I realised that if I didn't do something about it, it was getting to the point where I wouldn't have been able to reverse it. And yeah, it was becoming so prevalent in my life and such a big part of my life. Like I'd wake up in the morning. The first thing I think about is what am I going to clean? You know what I mean? Um, And and, you get in a cycle though, Gemma, don't you? You could sometimes get in a bit of a cycle where you become, I mean, with my, um, after, my anxiety was all health related. And because I can't control that, it's like you can, do what you can control, but the health anxiety was the same. It's a bit like OCD, isn't it? Where you feed it, you keep feeding mm. this thing and it just gets a bit out of control, doesn't it? And you'll get more and more and more obsessed with it. Uh, yeah. But I think the thing with anxiety is it, it can, it's a, it's a funny thing because it can, it attaches, it can attach to anything. Mm. And sometimes you're just like, whoa, well, hold, well, hold on a second. This, I wasn't anxious about this three or four years ago why am I anxious about it now? And it, it almost like it, it finds a weak spot and attaches it to itself to it. And all, of, and all of a sudden your anxiety is manifesting itself in a different way. I mean, I used to suffer um, horrendously with panic attacks mm. and, you know, they're very few and far between now. But like, if you'd have told me when I was having really bad anxiety and panic attacks that I would go on live telly, I'd be like, no one, because I was like, I'd be convinced I was going to faint on live telly or something. But it's just, you know, I, I find that as I've, you know, gone through life, my anxiety never has actually gone away. It just kind of meanders and attaches itself to different things which is just great <laughs> yeah I don't think you can ever get rid of it I know well that's it yeah. do you know when I was a kid my mum I, I think looking back I've always had it I don't know about you but my mum used to be very much like I'd get a bit down she'd be like right early night get tv on and you know and I never really knew what mental health was obviously it's really important to to share about it as well but sometimes when you're younger you don't really know so then you don't think about it too much but as you start to get older then once you realize what it is I think you then you think about it more and you worry about it more don't you yeah and I think it and it becomes more more of a thing and like you say you you feed it and then almost you become anxious of the anxiety itself so I know that when I when I was having really bad panic attacks I was fearing fear itself, if that makes sense. Like I was scared of becoming scared. And it was just like, what, you know, what is this? And, and I think I've always been predisposed to it. Um, like when I was a really young kid at school, I used to hate being late. Like so much so that we'd have to arrive everywhere like half an hour before because I would get really anxious about, you know, being late for school. 
Oh, that is so lovely. I was one of the late ones that'd be like, oh, I'm I sorry. Was I was such a swat. I was such a swat at school. I can't be late. I can't be late. Oh, that's no, but it is. It, goes, it follows you through life, doesn't it? So, so what was the turning point then for you when, when you just thought, I can't do this anymore? So I, so I sat down at my, I sat down in my kitchen and I was, and I said, what, what do I want? What do I want out of life basically how do I want to be a mom how do I want to approach motherhood and I was like well all through my motherhood like pregnancy I had seen I'd been bombarded with images of women with cherub faced kids you know Mm -hmm. feeding them to uh, like carrot puree in their white jeans (laughs) you know and that's what I thought it was going to be like and it obviously isn't anything like that I mean for some people it is but for me, it wasn't. Um, so the turning point was sitting down at that kitchen table and working out that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life cleaning. I wanted to go and do something. I wanted to go and enjoy being a mom and going to the park and making sandwiches and not caring about, you know, making a mess while I'm preparing a picnic. And um, so I, I sat down, I had this notepaper and I was just like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to compartmentalize the cleaning to 30 minutes a day. So what you have to understand is my house was like so clean at this point that I was starting from an already clean house. Mm. And I was like, to maintain this, I can, I probably only need to do 30 minutes and I'm going to try and not do any cleaning at the weekend. And I, and I, I allotted each day of the week to, a different room essentially that I was going to clean in and I just I stuck it on my fridge and um my friend my best friend's husband came around they came around one day and he sort of looked in the fridge and went, what, what day is it today and it was a Thursday and he's like oh it's kitchen day like that and they were all they were all taking the mickey but I was just like no because it was working it was really really working and it just got to the point where I just knew it off by heart and it just became my routine like eating breakfast or having a shower it was just right I've got to do 30 minutes it's in the in the living room today so that's what I'm doing and then I'm going to just stop and go and do something else um and it it was difficult at first really stop stopping after 30 minutes and it was difficult when after you'd done it someone would inevitably make a mess like yeah. you hear the noise of like the Lego bricks or the wooden blocks being tipped out. And it's just like, um, and that is still something I, I'm always a w- working on that, always working on that, especially now that my kids are older. Like my eldest is now, he's coming up to 15 and walking into his bedroom sometimes is just like, I have to take a deep breath before I go in. Cause I know that it's not going to, <laughs> Yeah. I know it's just going to be carnage um but yeah and it, it just stayed with me and it, it always always helped so and yeah it worked so I've stuck with it I think I think that's a massive thing isn't it is I think it's Instagram um and Facebook is great but sometimes you're scrolling through and there's just absolutely picture perfect houses everything and it's just like oh my god if she can do it she's got a newborn baby and I've got a five-year-old I can't do it what's wrong with me what's wrong with me and it's like you're constantly beating yourself up but you're looking at lots of different people doing amazing things and you're thinking that you need to be 
excellent at this, excellent at that, excellent at that. And I think it's actually just understanding like you can't be everywhere at once and you can't be perfect either. And I think no. that's really hard. Um, yeah, it is. And I think I think what's also really important to remember about, I think especially Instagram, is a lot of Instagrammers who, I'm not, I'm not talking about like, your mates who are on Instagram or whatever, you know, the people that are earning a living from social media, um, it is their job. Mm. It is their job to, and they, they become almost like a a brand. If that, if that is their brand to, um, show, um, like motherhood or if it's a mummy blogger or something like that, and maybe they're working with, um, supermarkets or, you know, other companies, it is their job to portray their lifestyle in a way that makes the people who are consuming their content want to buy the product they're advertising. And it, it's, it's, you know, it is their job. You know, if someone was advertising, I don't know, I'll just pick something at random. If someone was advertising a vase, mm. right. And they took, and they were getting paid by vases.com mm. and their living room was a mess. And there was a burping cloth was baby sick down <laughs> it next to the vase it's not aesthetically pleasing and people are like whatever yeah but you know if it was a good shot and it was staged just like in any magazine or any advert on the telly and I think it's so easy to get sucked in to this you know imagery like I was when social media didn't exist when I was pregnant thank god but like (laughs) you know because it would just made everything a thousand times worse but it's so easy to get sucked into this well like you said if they're doing it why can't I and because it, you you can't because it's not real life. And like you said, you might be looking at someone who's got an immaculate house in one picture. The next picture down the feed, it's some fitness influencer who, you know, is drinking green tea after after doing hot yoga in the morning. They have two completely different lives. But all of a sudden, your brain has gone. Not only do I need to have a perfect house, I also need to have a perfect body and be up at five a.m. and doing hot yoga. Yeah. And this is all too much to cope with. It's really it, difficult. It is. It is. And it is. I mean, social media is great in some ways. I mean, obviously, you know, it's inspiring, isn't it? Looking at people and there's so many good things to it. But I do think, yeah, you want a bit of everything, don't you? I mean, I, I've got, I've actually got Michelle Keegan saved on my screensaver at the moment because to stop me eating after lockdown <laughs> much. So the other day it was so embarrassing. I actually went to the car park, went to pay. And this man before me, he was trying to pay in his card, but didn't work. And I said, I'll pay that for you because I'm trying to do one nice thing a day at the oh. moment we'll try. anyway I went put my phone there and he was like oh oh I said oh it's Michelle Keegan I said oh no I'm not uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just so hard to explain but anyway so for good things it, you know it can work in a good way um oh, looking at so all funny. these all these amazing people um but also I think you know when you're not feeling 100% on everything I mean it's this morning I woke up at six and I was like, right, I need to clean, but then I also need to exercise. And then I also need to get ready for George for school. And you just don't know which direction to go in sometimes. No, and it is, it is, it, it, it's, it, it's, your brain just suddenly becomes so overwhelmed that it almost, and I actually did an Instagram post about this yesterday because I, very oddly, like I never expected this to happen. So obviously I started Tom because I was over cleaning. But over this last period of lockdown, my mental health has just done something that it's never done before. And it's just like my brain has gone into this fog that I just 
I wake up in the morning and I'm just like, where's the motivation gone? I, my motivation has just left. So I'm now using Tom to motivate me to clean. Oh, wow. And it's just, it's just really weird. And I, I kind of feel like I'm seeing it from the other side because there's two main groups of people who use Tom. So there's people that overclean and that are using it to curb their overcleaning. And then there's the people who just don't know where to start. So like maybe their house has just been neglected. Maybe they've been ill or they've been a carer and they've just, the, the housework has just been so low down on their priorities that they haven't even registered it. And yeah. And I, now I'm just like, okay, this is, this is, bra- this is brand new. This is a brand new situation. And it, thank God it's, it, you know, it's, it works, it's, it's still working, but from the other side. That's amazing. <laughs> well, helping. at least, you know, it works, you know, <laughs> That's know. Great. but so, so when you sat down and you created this amazing, amazing app, um, tell me like, what, did you know what it was going to turn into? Oh what? God, the app. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the most stressful thing in the world. Um, Mike and I, um, my husband, uh, you know we, we love each other dearly we are kind of we are soulmates that the first app that we um released we almost we almost got divorced like, oh really so stressful because I said to him let's build an app like that oh, yeah. and, and I literally I'm not techie in any way I'm like which which plug does this go in that is the, yeah. you know and and he is very you know he knows what he's doing and he's like I'll build it for you darling I was like oh thanks Mm. (laughs) and so we had no team behind us and um we launched that a couple of years ago and I was so naive I had no idea that so many lovely people would download it and it just crashed and it took us about four months to fix it um so it, I have a love-hate relationship with that <laughs> oh I well I do I do love it actually that's what I first listened to you but it was a recommendation from one of our area managers actually and she said you need to get this app and she said first of all listen to the book and I listened to your audio book and it was amazing uh, really inspiring and it did make me chuckle as well um but then um I got the app and oh, gosh I app absolutely loved it it's just given me a new lease of life really um but you know it's it's, I used to be person that used to avoid housework and now like you know then I got obsessed with it because I get obsessed with things you know once I'm deciding I'm doing something it's like Mm. the other month I was like right I'm going to start reading instead of reading I ordered 15 books you know it never happened they came they're still in the packaging it just you know I get a bit obsessed so when I um, got your app oh my goodness I was like in my element but it meant that I could actually have a bit of a break and time away guilt-free time away from Mm -hmm. cleaning as well Mm-hmm, um, which mm-hmm. is important so so you know when you created it Gemma and you actually did you just sit down at the table and, and draw up this plan then yeah I did it was it was it was on a scrap it was on you know, like a just a, a scrap bit of paper and I, I really wish you know in in hindsight I really wish I'd kept it I'd have probably framed it or something yeah. and like I but obviously it was it's long 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 gone now but it, I never ever expected it to to be what it is I always expected it to be something it was so private I'm you know people used to, to take the mickey you know of me like friends and family because they knew it was like kitchen day or whatever but I never really spoke about it to anybody and it was it was actually Thomas it's very confusing because top Tom Thomas my son was the newborn that kicked it all off 
Yeah. And um, when I named it the Organised Mom Method, it was so tongue in cheek because it was something that I was aspiring to be. Do you know wow. what I mean? Yeah. And um, I never thought I would. And then it was the acronym was Tom, and it was sort of like it just seemed too good an opportunity to not to not take up. But he dared me to talk about it on Instagram and it was one New Year's Eve we're doing on New Year's resolutions and um he said I dare you to talk about your cleaning online <laughs> oh my god well, because I'm quite a competitive person and because my like my eldest had dared me to do it I was like well I'm going to do it now I'm going to be an example and I'm going to set an example for my child um and I fully anticipated that it would just fizzle out like after about 10 weeks and I could quietly just shut the account down and no one would ever talk about it again. And it was just that, do you remember that time when mum tried to be an Instagrammer? But yeah, it took off and it was, it was, it was really weird. And I think at the beginning, some people, I don't get it so much now, but some people struggled with the name and the concepts. And I think some people thought it was um, quite, a sexist concept and um it was like dragging women back to the 1950s because I mean I, there are obviously cleaning is a big thing now on Instagram but when I started it really wasn't like it, it 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 was just not what it is now in any way and no one really spoke about it and I think that was the thing this cleaning was one of those things that you always had to do unless you could afford to pay someone to do it for you but no one really spoke about it anymore. And I found that with my generation, I went to an all girls school and we were, you know, we had it really rammed into us that we could be anything that we could want to be. We could be lawyers, doctors, you know, there'd been this, you know, feminist revolution and, you know, we'd got the vote and it was up to us to go out and be pioneers and da, 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 da. And there was so much focus on that, that we just like learn how to sew a cushion in design and technology which you know I've never sewn a cushion since um I and we learned how to make a, a Cornish pasty I remember oh, that oh, it yeah. was nice it was really nice yeah. that was a good day at school yeah. but no one really no one really taught me how to you know battle line scale or um how to do your laundry in an efficient mm. way because it what it it wasn't forward thinking enough yeah for the girls of the nineties of the 90s yeah you know? it's, it's almost um gone the other way where you're not allowed to discuss those things some people don't like you discussing like women discussing cleaning which almost then makes it it'll just keep doing a u-turn sometimes doesn't it, know, and it you're not allowed it, to when it's like well actually some some mums a lot of mums I know, the mums I know actually, uh, through circles of friends, we are the cleaners in our house. Uh, there's some dads I know that do it, but you know, at the end of the day, it's the well, it, it's facts. It, it, you can't escape facts, and the facts are. I mean, there. Listen, I am a proper feminist. I am raising three boys. My husband does his fair share. We all share the cleaning. Mm. Some in some households, that's not what happens and that that might be by choice you know and it's and it's not our you know it's not us to judge but 98 and this is not a made-up statistic 98 percent of the women um sorry of the people in my facebook group are female Mm, mm. now 
some people say, well, that's because you're a female and they, you know, and it's called the organized mom. So like, yeah. the chances are you are going to attract more females, but I, I would absolutely love it if it was a 50, 50 split. Mm. Yeah. And, but yeah. it's, it, you know, what happens is, and I, this is something that I've seen time and time and time again, like when I was an antenatal teacher, I used to then do postnatal classes as well. And what happens is in many cases, not all, that's obviously, I want to caveat that people will, take maternity leave so women will take maternity leave because that is in many cases it's the majority of the cases the woman mm-hmm. so we'll take maternity leave and all of a sudden while she's on maternity leave all of the other jobs that go along with running a house suddenly get lumped in mm-hmm. to her remit her sphere whether or not that's because she can't stand sitting and feeding the kid looking at the laundry so it's just easier to go and fold it and then it's such a slow creep that her partner may be just going out doing a traditional job working when if she wants to go back to work there then comes a really awkward conversation because for the last however many months to a year the other person who's been still going out to work and not taking leave has not had to deal with the house as much and then it's like can we redress the balance and it's really awkward. It's, yeah, and it's it can cause awkward. arguments. It can. Definitely it really cause... does. I mean, yeah. we only have to. We have to be so careful in the Facebook group because a, it's the internet. Yeah, <laughs> and like oh, any, anyone wades in, but like yeah. we have to be careful because you can have a you know a woman that's really at a wit's end because she feels really put upon that she does everything in the house, and it, it's really difficult to try and moderate that in a way that she feels heard and she gets the advice that she needs without it turning into just another thread on the internet where people are just bashing men for being lazy mm. because that is just such a generalization my my husband is like the opposite he he does he does so much to help in the house but everyone's situation is different and it yeah. does cause so many arguments exactly it really does and and that's it and I think sometimes even the night feeding we had a bit of a thing around that because one of my friends her husband would do it like during the night because he was up more and his he worked for himself but then I was like I, I admit I was said to my husband I was like well he does the night feeds. Why can't you do the night feed? So in the end, we found a compromise where he did it on a Tuesday and a Friday, which actually worked really well because it meant I had a night, a full night's sleep to look forward to, you know, yeah. two points in the week. But it is, everyone is so different and everyone's got different things that they can cope with and yeah. things that they want to do. So, no, I totally get that. So, and also every, everyone's got different levels of cleanliness as well. And it's very, it's very unusual to end up with someone who has like the exactly the same standards the majority of the cases someone is either a little bit more tidy than the other person and it's the person that's a little bit more tidy that usually breaks first and it's like all right I'm gonna go and tidy up because I can't cope anymore and the other person's like what it's fine it's fine and they genuinely don't see it because it's not reached their threshold yet (laughs) no I know that's it and I imagine most of the arguments around house the house are about cleaning yeah um but um, Gemma can you tell us a bit about obviously without sharing too much because I want people to check out your your amazing method etc but can you tell us a little bit about how it works then the structure of it yeah so it's first things is we try as much as possible to keep weekends completely free so like my um little phrase 
that we stick by is there's more to life than housework. So weekends are meant to be kept for fun stuff with the family or hobbies and that sort of thing. So, so that means over the week you have a set day, which is assigned to each weekly day. So Mondays are living rooms, Tuesday is bedrooms, Wednesday is hallway, Thursday is kitchen. And then Fridays, we have a deep clean in a different area. So it works on an eight week rolling schedule. So every Friday for eight weeks, you'll go and deep clean the living room or you'll go and deep clean the bathrooms. So what that does is that tackles what I used to be guilty of when I was over cleaning of just being coming fixated on the same thing, like just hoovering all the time or polishing the, the taps in the bathroom all the time. Because when you go that one level deeper on a Friday, we call it the Friday focus, you are not just doing surface cleaning, you're like moving the sofa or you're doing a little bit of decluttering. So over the each eight week rolling cycle, your house just becomes progressively cleaner. And what many, what most people find is that when they start the first couple of weeks, they're like, I I could never do this. I could never clean my kitchen in 30 minutes. This is just too much. So we always say, just do look at the list of jobs as like a pick and mix. Like it's just a default suggestion. Cause obviously I don't know what your, you know, these people's houses, like I don't know the lay of the land in their house, just do the most urgent ones. And over time, it will just get quicker and quicker and quicker. And it's funny because people will message me and say, when I first started, I used to look at this list and laugh. And like now I'm four or five weeks in and I've been consistent with it. And it's just taken me 21 minutes to clean the kitchen. And I never thought I would get to, to this. So the whole premise is it's little and often every day, but not weekends. And over the course of the eight week rolling cycle, it just you just chip away, chip away, chip away, and it just becomes cleaner and cleaner. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I, I've personally, I've used that. I've obviously told you all that, but I, I found it really, really useful. A good way to, like you said, just stay on top of things. So actually you get that surprise visitor, obviously not at the moment, but you get that as a surprise visitor. And it's not like, because I used to, the doorbell would ring and I'd have literally Febreze everything like, you know, or you'd get someone saying, right, I'm just around the corner from yours. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, what do I do first? Get dressed? What, what, what do I do? Yeah. Oh, and, and, and that is it. So this has been a lot better because now, well, not now, hopefully soon, when people do actually turn up or, you know, I'm not good with people that just turn up at the house. So no, I don't know about you. I, I honestly, no. freaks me I can't out. Cope. I pretend not to be in some sometimes actually to be honest with you I, I kind of have a look through the spy hole but it just depends who it is but if I'm not feeling it um it's not getting answered but um with the um with that it's just a case of kind of not feeling I mean I don't know before what would happen to me is I had to have these random big cleaning sprees no one would ever come around and then as soon mm. as that house is horrendous it'd be like mm. I just think oh Sons for law. god's sake it, so is, that's th- it is so it's a good way this of just basically staying on top of everything like you said for 30 minutes a day and you have your playlists and stuff like that don't you where you can kind of have a 30 yeah. minute playlist yeah so the, the so music is all I'm gonna this is not like unique to me but you, music has always been really important to me and I always find that if I'm kind of feeling a little bit low or not really feeling it the right playlist 
can turn my whole day around. Mm-hmm. Like if I get if I'm in like really bad traffic and the right song comes on, I'm like, oh, this is absolutely fine. This is fine. This is yeah. fine. Um, so those playlists again, they were like something that I. It's it's funny actually because I I create those playlists every week. I like sit down on a Friday. It's like my one of my favorite jobs to do in the week. I sit down and I'll go through my playlist. I'll create five for the next following week, and I never really think about anyone listening to them because I just choose the songs I like yeah <laughs> I'm like, I am of a certain vintage so like I'm 40 so like it's it's not I, I couldn't tell you who is in the charts these days so oh, you I know it, no I just it's just like old school like stuff anyway and um a couple of weeks ago Spotify because I do them on Spotify launched a brand new like they had an update on their app and it broke the link from my app to their app and we suddenly realized how many thousands of people were listening to because we suddenly got so many help desk tickets on the, on the customer service help desk. Uh-huh. We were like, oh my God, people actually listen. Yeah, <laughs> I was I like, bet you forget. Yes, Gemma, people <laughs> listen. It's like when you do podcasts or something, it's like you're talking and you sort of get caught up in it and you don't think that someone's actually going to learn you don't do you you just kind of get on with it and then sometimes like the other week I was outside your school a lady was like hiya you're right I love that podcast I was like huh yeah. who are you like you just yeah. don't know you forget don't you because the internet is amazing isn't it and you forget That's the thing. Like, it, make, it always makes me jump because I think I was in Tesco's last summer when we were allowed out we'd been to Thorpe Park and um I was so sweaty um and I forget that I do things on like Instagram and YouTube and people watch it and this this lady came up to me and it wasn't in our local shop it was another one and she came up to me and she was like hello and I just went hello <laughs> I was like do I know this lady and then she explained and I was like oh 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 I'm really sweaty I'm so sorry and I was like Thomas was like why did you say that I was like I don't know I panicked <laughs> Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. You have to say something, though. That's why with this podcast, I mean, sometimes I have to rein myself in because I just talk too much. But it's it's always, oh, I don't know, when people kind of catch you off guard, I always say something stupid or a spit or something like that. You know, when I'm talking, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Bleh. And then I dribble or something. And I think, why did I even speak? What was the point? <laughs> so, yeah, totally get that. So, so um, Gemma, you, you are also bringing out your very own journal aren't you so can you tell us a bit about that yes okay so for years team tom who is what we call people that follow your clinical method have been saying bring out a journal bring out a journal bring out and i was like no 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 and in the end they they broke me they broke me and like the publisher said shall we do it i think people want one i was like okay they twisted my arm but it was really important to me that i just didn't go into a room and created the sort of journal that I would use I needed it I, it's a real collaborative effort so I went onto the Facebook group and I was like if if we were going to produce a journal what would you want in it and like so everyone just waded in and come up with their suggestions and it's really it's it's fantastic actually because it's it means that we know that we're, what we're putting in people are a actually want but b will actually make it useful because I don't know about you but there was in the past, I will buy like a blank notebook and I'm like, now, 
this is the start of something amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a whole blank canvas. And like, I feel like two pages and I'm like, however. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got loads in the drawer, but my problem is the messy handwriting. If I've crossed things out, I don't want to use it anymore and it's gone. Oh, so really? I've got and loads. I like I've got... that. I like it when it looks used. But yeah, oh, half used notebook. So it's really important to me that this journal actually gets used. Um, so yeah, it's coming out in September. Um, we're sort of still putting the finishing touches to it and... Um, I'm writing little bits for little parts in it still. Is it for cleaning, directly for cleaning or a bit of everything? So it's a bit of everything. So it sort of combines um, the organised time technique with the organised one method. And it's 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 very interactive so people can, can make it their own. I don't want to say too much because I'm yeah, trying, to, I'm trying to, to twist their arm on something that will make it absolutely phenomenal. But they've not, they, they're like... They're resisting me at the moment, yeah. but I'm like, come on, you know, you know that this will just push it into amazing. And like, they're like, oh, but that's going to cost too much money. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah but it, so it's, 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 it's interactive and it's, it will be adaptable to say, so it, no, it's not just cleaning. And we've put a lot of thought into it, like things like columns, which way should the columns run and like, oh, what, what makes it more usable? And oh, yeah, wow. I know things, I know things about journals now that, that, that you shouldn't ever have to know. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, because of course, when um, there'll be a lot of mums listening to this that maybe just had a baby or they're thinking, right, I'm not, I don't want to go back to work, but I want to create something. And it's just, it's interesting to know, like market research is where it's at. It's about finding out what people actually want. And it's great you yeah. use that community like that. It's a great group. Um, there's, everyone's in there. It's, it's quite quite funny sometimes it, reading the posts in there. Yeah, it's something that we're, we, we, you know, we, it, it's important to me, that group, because you know the internet like we said is amazing but at the same time it's a double-edged sword like there's there's always there's wallies everywhere you go in life which means there will be wallies on the internet um and but I kind of I look at that group and like any more my social media like my front room really someone's come in and and had a chat so it's really important that we try and keep that as nice as possible it's, it's impossible to keep all the wallies out 365 days of the year but you know we do try our best and one thing that we are I am actually really quite proud of is that um when the apps really took off I I was running the help desk on my own and I, I was just like I can't do this I can't handle this so I have now employed three moms who work from home they work they set their own hours basically and yeah, it just feels lovely to be able to employ mums on their own terms, really. Because when I first became a mum, like, I'm sure every, you know, all parents who are trying to fit work around a baby, how many of us have like Googled part-time work, part-time yeah. work from home? Yeah. What can I do from home? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, anything and from that, home. Yeah. And that's yeah. what got me into writing because when I was, I mean, I had an English degree. I've always loved writing, but... When I um, became a single mom, I was like, I need to earn money. I can't go out to work because um, the kids are really young still. And I couldn't afford childcare. So I needed something that I could do in the evenings. Um, and I just signed up to like a load of freelance writing sites. And I used to, you know, p- produce 300 articles on um, airport car parking. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is so dull. But, it, you know, it, paid the bills 
Absolutely. Know? Yeah, exactly. That's it. And I, I think sometimes it's just, I mean, yours, it, it's inspiring because your journey, um, similar to mine, actually, my bumped baby was born from me getting postnatal depression after, after having my little one. And it's funny because when you're at that all time low, sometimes that is when something amazing is created as well. Um, yeah. And I think for, it's, it's born out of necessity. I think, you know, you needed it at that time. So you're filling and you're fulfilling a need that other people will have. And I, th- I think that's what. I think you're is. right there. It is because a lot of mums end up kind of working for themselves, don't they? And producing these amazing like businesses and, and these amazing products. And it's because they've needed it. So you absolutely. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So Gemma, any top tips to leave us with? Yes. Um, so the the first one is I, I'll give you a couple. So the first one is more of like a philosophy. And this is something that it, it took me ages to wrap my head around and is something that I still have to remind myself of daily is that there's a massive difference between a home that's just a little bit messy because people live there and it's lived in and a home that is genuinely filthy, dirty. Um, and, you know, a, a, your kid might be playing you clean the house, it's living room day, it's Monday, you've done your 30 minutes in the living room. And then in the afternoon, you can, you look into the living room, there's loads of toys. And it's just surface mess. And it's because you have your family are living in that house. Yeah. So that's for me, the first thing is, is to really remember and recognize that if you've done 30 minutes cleaning, if you've, you know, if, if you, if you, if you've done your cleaning for your day, you have done enough. And everything else is just life mess that can be, you know, reasoned away like that and the practical tip that I would say is um, if you are in a state with your house and you feel like you don't know where to start it's full of clutter um, what always seems to work for people is choosing the two rooms of the house where you can make the, the biggest difference the quickest So for me, that is like maybe the kitchen or the living room. So the rooms that you are going to see all of the time, because once you start to make a little bit of progress, it will turn something on in your brain. Even if it's the tiniest amount of progress, you will feel like you've achieved something and that is highly likely to spur you on and do something else. So if if I was if I had to walk into a house and I was helping someone do like a massive declutter, I'd be like, right which rooms we're we going to choose one room and we're going to choose the room where we can make the biggest difference the quickest, not the spare room, you know, not the loft, you know, the room where you will walk in and go, wow, mm. okay, this looks different. Um, and just tackle things a little bit at a time. Even if you've only got 10 minutes, just say, right, I'm going to do that bookcase mm. and just do the bookcase. Don't pull the whole room apart. Just mm. stick to certain zones of the room because otherwise you'll end up in that awful situation where you've literally pulled everything out and everything is everywhere. And you're just like, what have I done? What have I done? I just close the door and leave. Yeah. Sleep <laughs> in the other that. room. I've done that in my bedroom before. I emptied all the wardrobe out. And then I thought, oh, I'm not sleeping in here. I'm yeah. going to sleep in the spare bedroom because you just run out of energy, don't you? That's it. It's just, just one cupboard, one cupboard at a time, one bookcase, one wall at a time. Mm. That's how I tackle it. 
I love that. No, thank you so much, Gemma. Really, really thank appreciate you. you coming on here. Can you just tell everyone where they can find you? And we'll, we'll obviously put your links in the show notes. Yeah. So um, on Instagram, it's The Organised Mum. On Facebook, it's The Organised Mum. And also there's some YouTube videos, but that's not called The Organised Mum. That's called Gem Bray. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> because just... I was just, you know, feeling a little bit fancy. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> no, that's perfect. I'll put those links all on there and the link to the app and also they can pre-order the journal now if they yeah they that. can pre-order it yeah so yeah, i'll put the link to that on there as well thank okay thank you so much thank you have a thank great you. day you too Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. 50 Shades of Motherhood is all about being free, being real, being raw and saying what you want to say without fear of judgment. So if you have enjoyed today's episode, please, please share it with your friends. You never know who it might help. Not everyone is so open about sharing their stories. So it's really important to raise awareness around topics so that it can help other people uh, feel less alone. And also, if you don't mind reviewing us and subscribing, that would be amazing. It means the more listeners we have, the more podcasts that I can create. So thank you once again for listening. If you want to make any suggestions for future episodes, please pop me an email over. My email address is carla at mybumptobaby.com. And I look forward to speaking to you next time on 50 Shades of Motherhood. We have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you. The ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free? Or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bump to Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will, or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59 or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today.